Jeff too. Hello, David. How are you, sir? Nice to see you. I'm very well. Very well. I saw you in three dimensions the other day when you, that was nice. We had breakfast together outside. When the moon is in the seventh house. Is that the three dimensions? No. Oh, I got it. Wow. Or was that a different name? You reached for that one. The six dimensions? (laughs) You're getting closer. Really? What was the seventh? The fifth. Fifth oh, man. Marilyn Recoupin. And I can't remember the uh, her husband's name. I know they're on YouTube. They, I love watching them perform that. Yeah. That's just a kick and a flashback. Yeah. And they're they're having such fun. Yes. Like we are. And they're happily married, like we're not. <laughs> no, no, no. You cannot say that. No, I mean to each other. Yes. Oh, yes. We're happily yes. married, just not to each other. Yes, because everyone knows how happily married I am. Yeah. <laughs> No, really, you know. Ah, uh, they know that, but okay. I'll take well, it. yeah, just my my inner circle, my guys. Yeah. Uh, so, things going at the Kleinschmidt residence. Hey, I had a new experience today. Um, I was walking to the post office. See if I can keep all this straight. To mail out some product, we should mention as soon as I finish this story. And I was coming home, and the big trucks came by. They tore up our street, and they tore it all up, and they laid that tar down you know yeah which you know when you go outside and walk and you're you know barefoot it's you know it gets on your oh yeah i'm not wearing pants but i am wearing socks you get tar get tar in your socks oh no no no. that was for real um (laughs) and then um i saw the big trucks and i'm like those have to be loaded with tar black tar they're gonna tar my street today it's going to be exciting. And then it turned the other way. Because I know there's several torn up streets. I'm like, oh, no. And then it, it reappeared. Another block had turned toward my house because there's two patent streets. There's the there's a street that blocks the street. You know what I mean? And the street's cut off. It's, it's street? pretty okay. common. So you can go to that patent and never find my house. Like, actually, my dad did when we bought the home. He was... Driving up here to the Methodist uh, Asbury store or something, and he's close by, and he thought, "Oh, I'm going to go look at Dave's house," and he ended up on Matt Patton over there. And he was never he have the yeah. he never found the house. He didn't have the Google. He didn't have a cell phone, right? He didn't have the Google twenty years ago. Why? So yeah, he never found the house, and the truck apparently went down the wrong Patton, came out, shot around, and there they were on my street. I was the first one to drive on that new tar. Oh. First. This guy. First. Wow. To drive on it. Is my so wife sound you, boring that that's a big deal? I was thinking that when you started <laughs> the story. and uh, But then as you got to the middle, I was pretty much sure that, yeah, that's pretty dull. <laughs> that that's was the... Pretty- uh, that is pretty pathetic when that's the exciting part of our lives. But it's true. That's kind of how, how it goes when you're sheltering in place, as we still are. Yeah. And we're and gar- to be doing so for a while. And garbage day, which has always been exciting, even when I was working. Because, you know, it's a clean start. It is. Garbage day. They take the recycling. They take the garbage. And you're like, oh, it's a new start. 
we always stand at the window and I mean, <laughs> we almost do stand and say thank you for taking the garbage. Thank you. I do wave when I'm walking and I see Appreciate them. That. Yeah, yeah. And you had a good uh, Easter. We just came off of a holiday here. She we did. Took, took the whole day off. I did. <laughs> Easter Sunday. Yeah. Well, we gamed Monday, Thursday. I think, was that our Star Wars, Mike? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, we played Star Wars on Thursday. And you gamed on Good Friday and then Saturday. Did I, too? Probably did. I think you did. Your new Star Wars group on Saturday. Oh, right. And then, the, yeah, the kids came out. Easter Adam came out, too, from Peoria. Yeah. So we did our usual uh, making, our traditional making of the pineapple pizza with ham on Easter. Homemade? And, uh, yes, we made it homemade. Ah. It's quite good. And we watched the Ten Commandments. And this year, we thought... Excellent. Let's buy it. We sprung for it. Nine dollars because we always pay three dollars for it. We watch it like every other year. That's excellent. It's, yeah, it's one of those movies. If you got movies like that that you just can watch over and over again, you yeah, know, once a year or once every other. It's kind of like Christmas movies. It's such a great movie, though. I mean, just it's so beautifully filmed, just for the color. Yeah, just the color and, and the soundtrack, which soundtrack I, is good. You know, I've got, I've played it before for miniatures games and stuff as background. And, and the dialogue is fantastic. Every line, that, that line when the Red Sea closes in over the Egyptians and Pharaoh is standing there at the magnificent Ewell Brenner, who looks great. I wanted, it reminds me of you, actually. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Just a big cut, handsome devil. Mm -hmm. Just start wearing those big gold uh, things around your forearms. <laughs> Nobody's oh, standing there and it goes on and he, and he and he says, his God is God. Oh, just lots of lines like that. Four words. Just, yeah. yeah. And where's your God now, Moses? Yeah, yeah. Mo, the fabulous Edward G. Robinson and Vincent Price is in there, you know. And that's yeah, good, really watch. Yvonne DiCarlo, who later went on to become Lee uh, Munster, plays Moses' wife. I can't remember her name. Mrs. Moses. Yes. Um, that's right. She did. Yeah. 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 And I like the fact that it's got the painted backdrops. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the matte, matte painting, they used to call yes. it. It's not digital. Right. It's just kind of cool to know it's that there cool. really are when you're seeing a thousand people. It is a thousand people. It's a thousand people. All dressed up. Yeah, and no, and no place to go. <laughs> no, they just followed Moses out into the <laughs> yeah, no place desert. to go. Yeah, the robe. My dad liked the robe. Oh, that's a good one too, with uh, Richard Burton. Yeah, and then there was this real early one, Cecil B. DeMille. It's about Jesus, and it's um called the shoot. The shoot. We got it up there. It's black and white. It's really early, but oh. it is it is like um, when you're looking at the composition of the frames, the way the people are posed and stuff in the, in all these, it, they look like these classical paintings and stuff. It, yes, because they really visually just set it all up and stage yeah. it all up, just like yeah. it's a big to do. It's a big painting. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Very cool. Love that. Darn, what is the name of that movie? 
and and there were times, you know, and we we noticed that too. What you said about the the painting, the matte painting, and stuff like that, and it didn't take away from the movie at all. Even though we live in this digital age with where you can do anything, there was something really wonderful, for lack of a better word, I can't think of a word. That uh, yeah. watching that and yep. and trying to decide, gee. Like when they're driving the chariots through all the statues uh, down that yeah. avenue, Egyptian Avenue or whatever they yeah. call it. And you're like, some, some like, of those are 3D. Those look like real statues. I'm sure some of them were, or maybe yeah. all of them were. I don't know. Some of them are, yeah. Yeah, the other film is The King of Kings, 1927. Oh, King of Kings, yeah, that's a good one too. 1927. So. Wow. Oh, actually, I've seen the remake. I haven't seen it. <clears throat> no, go, go back to the 1927. Okay. Yeah, it's got little subtitles and yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and there's war so. movies, you know, they're not quite that quite that where every scene is a painting, but I also watched uh A Bridge Too Far again recently. I don't even know why I did cuz I've seen it not too long ago, but it met the uh, number of actors, you know, recognizable actors, the color, this the scenes and stuff were I didn't think it was that great a movie, but still it was it's very fun to watch visually engaging yeah so, and it made me think i love asl good good stuff yeah i've been thinking about our like the game we're playing which we'll talk about on our next i'm thinking about the scenario that we're in yeah. right now very interesting scenario we'll talk about that next time this time we have uh well we did send out why <clears throat> i went to the post office oh, i right. started walking there and i fell a little short but we sent out a winner of our contest which yeah. was no one knew this contest was going on it was if you watched all the way the youtube version to the end then i snuck in an announcement saying win decade of war and one person <laughs> got to the end nelson Desada. nelson awesome. i just mailed that out today while this show airs later today's the 13th we're way ahead on production and so congratulations to nelson you never know folks where you're going to find a contest announcement from the half spots yeah and the next one was uh winter offensive pack five. Oh shoot um we announced it on twitter uh just retweet this and you can win Winter Offensive Pack 5, and that was mailed out also today to William Hutton. William Hutton, the winner of the Trying Four. And the third one, no, it was a, it was a draw uh, from our Patreon supporters. Ah, okay, right. And it was a long time ago, and we, we gave away the C4 corner cutter to someone else, and then the person on that, oh, shoot, I can't remember your name now, uh, emailed and said, hey, I'm Mr. Something. I'm just getting caught up. He said, uh, if you still have that, I would be interested, and we didn't. So we sent him another product of that was donated by Bill Cobble. Thank you, Bill Cobble, for your many kind donations of products. Super nice of you. We'll have to send him a little uh, thank you cash there. Mm -hmm. um, it's on the way. Yeah, we'll have to do that. 
So that was the three prizes that went out today. And how do you want to handle? Not a lot of activity on the contests, but still, I was very happy to see Nelson get something. I, he's been a good uh, friend for a long time. Big fan of the show. And uh, yeah. contributor. And so, yeah, I appreciate that. But people, you got to be, you got to be watching and listening. Look for the Easter eggs. Listen, they're hidden. And the riches are beyond belief. Mm-hmm. You never know. Um, next up, what? Winter, winter offensive bonus pack six. How do you want to offer that oh, up, Jeff? That'll be our next prize? Yeah. I would like that. I'll, I'll just bring it over to you. No. How about the next one then? Uh, will no, be let's... winter offensive pack seven. <laughs> no, let's do six. You want to do six? Yeah. You probably want, you should get seven. Do you have seven? Uh, I, I actually think I do have seven. I'll have to check. Okay. All right. Yeah. So we're saying six. What What should the listenership do? This won't air until next month. Uh, this will air the 1st of May. May Day. Uh, send us an email with the subject line, May Day, May Day. There you go, folks. That's By it. the 15th. 15th. Yep. By 15th. Send and us send us an A in the subject. Send it to the two half squads at gmail.com. Yep. Well, then we'll do a drawing and send that right out to you. Yep. Continental United States, we prefer, please. We prefer. Should we interview a random ASLer again? Let's pick up the phone and give a call to somebody. Um, Who should we call? You yeah. know what I'm I'm gonna do, Jeff, I think. I'm gonna look, you know, they always have this edited by. I'm gonna pick a random name okay. from the editors of an ASL games. The unsung heroes of ASL. Pick a number between one and four. I'll take the first four names here. Uh four. Uh, that is Klaus. Klaus Malmstrom. Klaus Malmstrom. We okay. try and see if he's available. Let's do. Let's uh, just dial 1-800-Klaus.com. No. 1-800-Klaus.com. Let's see what happens. I'm typing it in. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Man. It's in it. through. Let's see what happens. Is it ringing? Yeah. Oh, cool. It would be funny if we uh, if we talked talked to him for half an hour and then found out it was the wrong Klaus. <laughs> <laughs> sort of indicates he's joined the call here, so I'm hoping we have tapped into Klaus. Hello. Is that you? Yes, I'm afraid so. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I hope we've got the right class. Are, are you the guy that knows a lot about advanced squad leader? Uh, I, I at least tried to give the impression of that's being the case. You have fooled many people for many years. Oh. Yeah, yes. <laughs> it is very nice to meet you. I'm Jeff. I'm Dave. Hello. Very nice to meet you. After many years, we have seen your name around ASL for 
long time. As somebody very important, you come up on the list of important people to talk to. So here we are, and we're, we appreciate you taking the call. Yeah, no problem. I, uh... Past your bedtime in Sweden? No, actually, I was going to watch some soccer tonight, but uh, we'll skip it and watch it tomorrow instead. Oh, <laughs> hate to keep uh, you from no, that. Yeah. yeah. No, it's uh, it's 10, 10 p.m. here now. Since I've been working at home for about a year, so you sort of stay up later and you get out of bed later as well, sort of vacation time. Yeah. And are you wearing pants right at the moment? Uh, yes, I am. Okay. Because <laughs> this is a family as, show. As, yeah. As far as the viewers know, yes, I am. <laughs> you know, I've been working at home so much. I, I went out the other day. I had to go out to a client and I put on my pants, but I couldn't remember how a belt works. It's just <laughs> complicated. I had to yeah. get up on YouTube. <laughs> so uh, anyway, we've we've seen your name for many years over for many reasons, uh, not the least of which is your involvement with Friendly Fire. And so we thought we'd give you a call and introduce you to everybody that hasn't met you yet. So can you tell us a little about your gaming background? Sure. Yeah, my... Uh... <clears throat> My first uh, war game was uh, I was in London in 1987. I was in a hobby shop and I saw Panzer Leader on the shelves. I think the cover looked too cool not to buy. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. <laughs> played it a lot of uh, mostly solitaire. I even made extra boards so I could play the big campaign that was at the end and extra counters. Uh, well, actually, now that I remember, my the first war game I actually played was uh, Luftwaffe. And my brother bought that when we uh, I, back in seventy nine eighty. I lived for two years in the United States, actually. Oh, you did work, my brother. Yeah, uh, one year in uh, outside of Minneapolis in uh, Minnetonka. Oh yes, okay. Yes, and then uh, almost a year outside Seattle in Cedar Rapids. I went, uh, I think it was fourth and fifth grade in American school. Okay. So my brother bought that game back then and we played it. Probably wrong, but... Uh, well, <laughs> it's common. And then I actually bought, I bought Squad Leader. I can't, I think it was in eight, 88, maybe. I ran into a... Um, a good friend of mine, uh, Robert Maglitza. We actually did our conscript service at the same time. Mm. Uh, as it happens, we actually passed on the day that the fir very first day, we both were in the infantry as squad leaders. We actually arrived at the gate at the same time. Wow. Uh, yeah, so if we hadn't done that, perhaps we would have never met. Yeah. Uh, so we played squad leader Sam and I bought all the modules, played a lot of solitaires. And then in, in I think 1990, I started buying the ASL stuff. So I didn't play that much squad leader, uh, but a lot of, yeah, lot of ASL. And uh, I also play a lot of other war games as well, or board games. Yeah, currently uh, you're playing lots of other games too? Yeah, as I've found out the last maybe five or ten years I've been drawn to other games as well. 
done a lot of miniature wargaming and then the role playing, which is surprisingly common amongst ASLers because I yeah. didn't think a lot of ASLers would do role playing games, but they have. Yeah, I've tried it, tried it a couple of times, but that's really not my cup of tea. Yeah, yeah, it is different. That's why I was surprised a few other guys did yeah. do it, you know, because it seems like more like yeah. engineer types, like advanced squad leader. But yeah. and so then in Sweden, then who else do you game with then? Uh, what's the uh, group playing opportunities like there? Yeah, I have a in my town. I have a neighbor who's like ten minutes away from the bike ride, so we play sometimes. And then of course I used to play test a lot with Matthias Rundblom. Friendly Fire oh, okay. publisher. Mm -hmm. Lives about I don't know half an hour with a car now outside of town, but I actually mostly play now at the Friendly Fire conventions that we held twice a year. Oh, and it's twice a year. Okay, I assume that was. Yeah, it was once a year, but now uh, it's, it takes, has expanded into twice a year. Uh, right. Usually only with an ASL tournament in the fall. Oh, okay. Or the spring, I can't remember really. One of them. So we'll see how it will be this spring with the pandemic, if it can be held or not. It's been postponed once. I have to take in, in consideration if it's legal to have it or and then if people want to come. That's another question. Yeah, we're working that out for all my groups right now. As Some people are vaccinated, some are not yet. We're, the weather's getting nicer, so it's possible to play outside. So I think yeah. I'd be more comfortable playing at squad leader now face-to-face -face up there. Looking forward to that. But then cramming everybody down here in my basement to do a group game is not going to probably happen for a little while yet. But So the Friendly Fire Tournament is, is twice a year, and they play lots of different games there too. People come from around Europe, and you from further away, overseas? Usually some guys from Denmark come up, at least, and uh, some French guys have turned up, at least on the, the convention where there is an actual tournament. I think that's the other, or if it's the fall or spring, I can't remember. There are usually some ASL being played there, but it's not organized as a tournament. I know that Brian Martusas was here once, because he yeah. stayed at my house. I think that was probably for the Friendly Fire tournament. tournament. Or, it, yeah. or it could have been the one in Copenhagen, and he came to visit me later. Okay. Yeah, we did something for Armies of Oblivion, so it was a long time ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah we did play. Uh, we did interview him at the ASL Open, Jeff. Martusis. That's right. Yeah. yeah. He does some work with the Broken Ground Design guy in Canada, too. And he's okay. written a lot of scenarios. Yes. Yeah, now, I think he did many of them for Armist Oblivion, I think, has his name on it. Yeah, yeah, that would be right. Um, now, have you done any designing class or writing? Uh, uh, no, I have not designed anything. I had a couple of ideas, but uh, it hasn't got off the table. Yeah, I was interested in, in scenarios featuring uh, Tito's army when he drove the Germans out of Yugoslavia. Um, I'm not sure how many real combats there were, but uh, I like those uh, special vehicles from Doom Battalions. Right. Yeah, that sounds like a topic that could be explored further, definitely. Yeah. So, so, what, so what's the holdup? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everything else. <laughs> Everything else in life, yeah. Yeah, I met a guy from Norway in, uh, in the Copenhagen tournament. 
he's a real good guy. And he was also talking about uh, the creating scenarios. And uh, it's been a while since I've been there, but I harassed him every year where the scenarios were. And uh, I know he's actually looking for a, a box, uh, the, the Blood Drift Tarva module, and he, he hasn't got one. And I haven't told him that I have, actually have one shrink wrap at my house. And I was thinking <laughs> about giving it to him when he gets the snores done. <laughs> there we go. Well, he will know about that. After incentive. Our podcast, yeah. yeah and I'm sure you'll get a lot of mail now from people saying, come on, Klaus, get get going on those Yugoslav scenarios. Have you, do you play face-to-face -face only or do you play some Vassal as well? Uh, I have played Vassal in the past. It's been probably 10 years since the last time. Oh. Uh, I was actually in the, I don't know when they started the, the tournament. Uh, it was before the Vassal League, it was called Cyber Open. I think I was in the five first actually managed to win one of them, I think. Uh, I'm not sure if it's still being held. Mm. Back then, there was a lot of, it was more uh, email than face-to-face, um, -face because, I mean, there was no Discord and Skype, and well, it wasn't as stable as it is now, so right. it was a bit harder to... Yeah. Uh, I actually remember I played using ICQ once for uh, eons ago. Oh, ICQ, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I played Lars Turing when he was down in Germany. Oh, Lars, uh-huh. Okay. Uh, yeah, I've tried some of the online versions, but uh, at the moment I have, um, I'm not playing. We never got into it, Dave and I. We tried a few times. Well, I don't know if Dave did, but I tried. Not, no, times. It just didn't, I couldn't wrap my head around it for some reason, but with the pandemic, it kind of forced us into it, so... Yeah. yeah, being a good experience. It was actually a much better, much better experience than I expected. Yeah, I haven't. I think I played more uh, email games using Vassal than live, actually. Yeah. The email, the email games, they get sort of tedious after two turns, and it takes forever. And then you know you play people who get other stuff they have to do. You're waiting for two weeks for half a turn. Yeah. Uh, I mean that's life. It can be, and I have I played some people that just seemingly dropped off the face of the earth. But stuff happens. So, who are some of the top players that that win the tournaments there? Is there a consistent group of guys that seem to win a lot, or oh, the friendly fire? Yeah, yeah. There was I haven't actually checked on the website, but I know Melvin Falk has won a lot of them. I don't remember. Uh, I think maybe I won once, actually. Can't remember. <laughs> remember? Is that you don't have a big plaque? Or, yeah. Uh, some some place, yeah, probably. Uh, it might, yeah. I think once. I think it was that year when Matthias produced the Mind Dogs. <clears throat> the special counters if you attended the tournament. Uh, the 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 Mind Dogs. Oh, the Mind Dogs. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. They they went under tanks, trained to go under tanks at least. Yeah. Yeah. I think there was one named Klaus actually. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, it's been a while. So yeah, some sometimes he, he did the, the you know, I don't know if you played the Wunderwaffe and Wunderwagen. Special German. They have a 75 long APCR cannon that they mm -hmm. developed. Uh, anyway, for, for the tournament he made counters for those who attended for those. Oh, okay. Nice. 
That's that's Matthias. Yes. That is those. Are they um, in the friendly fire packs too? Then or no? You have to go to the conventions or to the tournament. I, I don't recall. Maybe he he included if he had extras after the tournament. I, I really don't know. I think he he uh, on on those scenarios there is like an illustration of the front and back, so you could just make your own. On your web page, we're looking at the list of the after action reports. So you've posted a lot of photographs yeah. from the various. There's a bridge too far Arnhem tournaments. Are those still going on? Do you know? Uh, no, they're not. I think they ran for I don't know ten years maybe, and then they packed up. There's sort of different people organizing. I mean, Peter Stroff was the main organizer for many years. But that was a very nice uh, tournament, with, especially we can combine it with a battlefield tour. It was right there by the by the bridge at Zahn? Yeah, that was the first year. And then uh, we were at uh, oh. Fort Eben MIL once. It's a bit oh. of a drive. But, uh, that's actually, when we were there, it was actually still a military installation. So you had special guide and clearance to go in. So that was very cool. And then there was this. One year there was uh, uh, a cell player who I think he was maybe he was training to be a tourist guide because he held he talked about uh, Grebe Barry was a um, hill that the Dutch defended against I think an SS battalion or something. Okay. Mm -hmm. Actually, he told us this great story. The the Dutch were in a ditch by the on one side of the road and there was. The officer in charge, there was a field on the other side, and then there was a woods on the other side of the field. And this officer who had been in the Dutch uh, East Indies, he was used to fighting there. So he just drew, drew his sword and stepped out on the road, and then the whole company of Germans oh. opened fire. Oh. Yeah, so it's probably brutal. Uh, yeah. And there are some, you can see the trenches on that, uh, that hill left. And I think it might be some small pillboxes, actually. I think after a couple of years, they ran out of battlefield tours in the vicinity. So, but the, the other years that uh, I went down with Robert Maglitska, we usually drove down. So we have been to Bastogne. So uh, we did a Piper tour of the three villages. I actually liked uh, driving around in Belgium in the Ardennes forest there. You know, almost almost in all village there is some sort of plaque honoring American and soldiers for what they did yeah I, we i know jeff and i talk a lot about going and doing some battlefield tours so still maybe someday jeff we're gonna have to yeah get, I, get that maybe, done maybe next year yeah. i see they so the bridge too far arnhem asl tournament 2011 so it like two, looks like 2003 2012 they kind of ran along and yeah i don't really recall uh, i think i was we were on the, f the first years it was held at least maybe eight or nine years or something like that so i i do see you went four and one on in 2007 <laughs> he's got the results posted on the link that you have there okay yeah well i know i won in arnhem once because i have a stug the price i think i went six and oh that year was it a model kit yeah it's a big sort of one foot long the plastic model of a Sturmgeschutz. Okay, cool. Uh, sits on the top of my bookshelf. It's probably very dusty by now. <laughs> How did you get interested in World War II? Was your dad interested in World War II? 
I'm not really sure. I haven't. Maybe I think it started maybe after I bought the Panzer Leader as well. Let me oh. start. Oh, I mean, maybe. yeah, I think we all have one stack of games we haven't played and one stack of books we haven't read. Yeah. So they're all competing who will reach the ceiling first. <laughs> yeah. I bought all the, 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 the what's the name? Uh, the Battle Then and Now, where they have, uh, they go back to, uh, I think many, many of them are done in the 70s. So they have pictures how it looked in 44 and how it looked in 70. Very big, fat telephone sized books. Oh, that's cool. I've got a, quite a stack like that too. It doesn't stop at the ceiling. It keeps no, going. No, actually, uh, yeah, I have started a new stack of sell uh, stuff now. It's uh, the deluxe and uh, Start to get four and crow the gear is down on being on the floor now going up. <laughs> <laughs> so do you find yourself playing much um, Pacific theater? Or do you stick uh, yeah, I kinda yeah, I, I like it. I haven't played the, the, the guy that that lives close to me. He hasn't played I mean he's played a couple of years now, so and he knows he knows how to play. But I don't think he's played much Pacific, so maybe I'll introduce him to it. I kind of like the Chinese Japanese scenarios, a little special as well. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of those with Mike Rizzi now from the um, Bounding Fire Productions, Blood and Jungle, quite a lot in there. Yeah. yeah. So I see you Played did. A few from that one. You, you did come to the uh, Oktoberfest. Yes. Two thousand nine, two thousand seven. At least it's on your site. Two thousand five. Yeah, I've been. I think I was there first time was in ninety eight. Also with uh, Lars Turing, he's my travel companion. Lars, yeah. I think we met up. I think we met. We might have met at uh, Grenadier in '98, the first year. Don't recall. Then we went to. I think we were in Oktoberfest in '98, '99. Then we started going every other year. 2001, three, five. So, but it's been a while now. It's. I think it's five or six years since I was there. So yeah, Jeff, yeah. for your refresh your memory, um, Lars design was a big was one of the designers on the Hakapale. Correct. And we did did interview him on episode one seventeen, on two thousand fourteen. Boy, the years are going by. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, you... actually, we, we met here in my hometown because I I ran a small. Uh, it was just a weekend gathering of ASL players back in, yeah, it was probably in the 90s as well. And I think his brother lived here, so he just showed up. How he got the word of it, I don't know. Oh, that's how you met him. That. Yeah, and that's how I met yeah. the guys from Stockholm as well. They also showed up, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's kind of like the Pastel Club I, I ran, run here at the house. I haven't done it in a while, but um, yeah, guys would just find us and and then once we had the podcast going people would be willing to drive from further out you know because now they felt like they kind of knew us and so it was interesting um to, and back jeff that's where i met jeff was just showing up at the door one, one day jeff where'd you see the uh gate uh the the palatine area squad leaders uh advert was it i think Games uh, plus or something could be Games Plus. I don't really recall. It may have been the MMP website because you were listed there for a while, weren't you? I think, yeah. I think I had one thing all the way back in the general, way back when I started it. Yeah, that was a little opponent's thing. Weird. Seems like those were weird 
days it does. away. <laughs> Putting a little ad in a magazine and then having yeah. people contact you to game. And Most of my friends now I've met over the internet. It's a, it's a weird thing, but it's been great. Now, Klaus, did you do playtesting for the Hakapale stuff too? Uh, not for the Hakapale, no. I've seen your name in print, right? Some in some places. Has that yeah. mostly been playtesting? For Friendly Fire, a lot of playtesting. For yeah. MMP, it's some playtesting, but most it's it's proofing and rules editing development. Yeah, I think that's where I've seen your name in the yeah editing. And boy, how does that happen? So they they ship you copy of just what they're going to print, and then you just go through and edit it to get the PDF files of what's. Uh... And then I just yeah, read them through, check it. Are you are you looking for grammar or are you looking for rules? Uh, yeah, mostly it's well. It depends on if it's if it's, if it's a new product like Hutton or if it's. I mean, at the moment on my screen I have uh, um, Chapter F for Hollow Legends. Looking at it, beginning oh, to prove that for the third issue. Yeah. Yeah. So then, in that case, I just compare it to the old one. If there are any differences, um, of course, there will be some differences. I mean, I'll tweak some words here and there. If it's if it's a new one, mostly well, of spelling, of course, stuff like that. Uh, the English grammar, I mostly leave to Perry. He's better okay. than me on that. <laughs> but uh, I try to look for consistency, and if you use the same expression for the same SSR that you did two products ago. So, and a lot of stuff in the scenarios, uh, it's actually, there's a, actually a system to have you write the SSRs, and I'm not sure everyone is aware of that. No, not yeah, aware of that. that. Yeah, that actually helps you to prove, because then you know what to look for. I mean, for example, SSR1 is usually all the weather and yeah. transformation stuff like that. Yeah, so keeping things consistent, of course, sometimes it's not that easy. And also questioning complicated rules and SSRs sometimes. It's, uh, I, I recall when we did the, the proofing for, I think it was Fest in Budapest, in the, the, the submitted version, did not have no quarter between all sides. It was only between some sides, because they were like, when I talked to Bill at Oktoberfest once, I asked him if we couldn't have it for everyone, then we could skip two pages of rules and examples. <laughs> <laughs> that's the way it went and it, it did go that SSR. way yeah i think he conferred with sean deller and uh, didn't see any problem with it there was going to be some fewer russian prisoners or something like that but because otherwise you had to know if you roll for heat of battle and there's no quarter and i see someone that's closer it might have been battle hardening otherwise it's berserk and it's very to cover all the bases there so oh, stuff like that right right because you had mixed nationalities, and I have not gotten to yeah. play my Festo in Budapest yet. It's, I'm, I'll get to it someday. But uh, so you have mixed nationalities attacking. So if you have no quarter with them, not them. Yeah, I think there are Russians, and then you have Hungarian, or if it's Romanians fighting for the Russians, and you have Germans and SS, and I think at least two types of Hungarian troops, uh, one more fanatic than the other. So, uh, yeah, so stuff like that. Mostly now when it's a reprint, it's to, uh, I mean, 
for example, all the the scenarios now for Hololegions, uh, they're updated to the sort of current standard way of expressing SSRs and VCs. So that's a lot of work. But it pays well. Absolutely. I mean, I could uh, switch out my helicopter for a new one last year, so. <laughs> <laughs> It's, so then it's not as you... nice as, um, as Matthias gold-plated one, though. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> From all the friendly fire sales. Yeah, exactly. So what, what else are the tricks on the special rules kind of things? Do they, like, is there, do they ask you to kind of check and make sure they're stated? And not, like, I think, like, the positive instead of the ne negative, maybe? Yeah. Like, there's many ways to say it, right? So, yeah. So they do things like that. Yeah, if you if you take the victory conditions, for instance, on official scenarios, they're almost always expressed in what the attacker has to do. Yeah. And sometimes it's actually more easy to write it in the other way around. Mm. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah. Because I know, like, when I'm playing Dave Timonen, he's, we kind of go over it, especially if it has one of those, like, three-part victory condition things where... So I, we kind of end up saying, so what you want to do is you want to avoid this or your job is to cause casualties because it says I attacking cannot lose so many. So just flip that in your head. You want to kill as many of me as possible <laughs> So on the way in. So then, you know, that'll get you the instant victory, that kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they I, do. I think. One one very tricky part is when you when you write. I mean, it's not just for ASL, but rules in general, necessaries. Is that when you who 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 are writing the stuff, you know the intention, so it's obvious what you mean when you write something. Yeah, it's not mm -hmm. always obvious for her, and that's very tricky. And the English language, a lot of subtleties. Uh, I mean, how many questions haven't we seen online of, of the and slash or expression? Do I need to do both or is one enough? Yeah, right, right. So they keep that consistent all the time in these things, huh? Yeah. Like, and Jeff, we're playing Sims Ridge right now from the Operation Watchtower, and um, there's just this line, you know, level zero hexes are not in play. And that's okay so we can't so then you know jeff was going to route and we're like oh wait can't route into those but does say for line of sight purposes treat them as level zero dense jungle so that's a really unique idea uh for a game but i think we're doing it absolutely correctly and, and from just the two sentences they are not in play and then treat them as as level zero dense jungle for line of sight so I think that covered everything, and I imagine there's lots of ways that that could have been stated, right? That were more complicated. Yeah, yeah. The, the trick is a little bit to write something that's clear, but you don't want to use ten sentences if you can use two. Yeah, yeah. So it's a fine line. How much do you write? And it's it's not easy. I mean, I'm very humble. I know that when i see something well of course it's obvious what this means yeah because i i proofread it so i know what it means but those who ask a question on facebook might not it might not be obvious to them yeah do you so, use that as a resource like do you consult with uh on facebook do you put something out there and say how does this 
sound or uh, does this make sense to get a consensus back? Yeah, when I do that, it's usually more uh, in private. Mm. I have a few people. But I did ask two French guys when we did the scenarios for Claude de Guerre and how to write, you know, the third uh, battalion in French, the three EMA with uh, whatever above the E's and stuff like that. So yeah. they're hopefully consistent. <laughs> Right, right, yeah. Feminine, masculine, uh, some, yeah, company, yeah. battalion, whatever, and uh, foreign legion names. So uh, I, I think I almost maybe promised one of them a name on the counter, but we'll see if I can deliver on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I still have them in my messenger. Uh, we all, we all live for that. We all live for that, getting our name on a counter. It's like, yeah. Mission accomplished. My life is good. I got my name on a counter. So, yeah, but then I also use, well, I use Google a lot when I check, for instance, uh, unit designations and stuff like that. Which uh, division was this regiment in at this moment? And this German major here, was he really major in 44? Was he only a lieutenant? So, wow. So that's a lot of research. Yeah, I do some. I mean, it's, it's, Usually, what I find on the internet, so everything yeah. with the greatest. Yeah, well, it's it, it's of course it's mostly as accurate for especially historical things, like like those kinds of things. Yeah, there's no reason for people to really bias things out too much with that. So yeah, so you're looking at dates, you're looking at the weather conditions too. Do you ever check and see? Uh, no, I trust. Uh, Designer on that. Design, yeah, the designer to do those. Oh, yeah. It's mostly sometimes it just says third battalion, forty fifth regiment, and then you can know which division it is. We usually try to write that out if there's room. I mean, because some people want to play maybe everything from the forty fifth infantry division. So, uh, of course, sometimes that that battalion was loaned to another division at that moment. So, <laughs> especially oh. the Germans shifted a lot of stuff around. Yeah, I guess they did, because yeah, you are always seeing things like that and elements of this. And I was kind of like, what? Why are there just elements of that in with this other unit? Yeah, I think yeah. they had, especially in Normandy, there were companies and battalions shifted between divisions. I have one large book with the German War Battle. It's probably outdated by now. It's probably one later that's better. But it's uh, sometimes it's nice to have a book to look in instead of typing on the keyboard yeah absolutely yes because even this jeff too with our game sims ridge it's got the japanese setting up west honor west of j and then the americans honor east of g and then jeff's like oh my gosh we're setting up in the same zone and at first we both were like oh go, let's go look for errata this has to be wrong you know yeah. but that very simple sentence definitely means what it means and then once we started playing, we realized how that made a lot of sense. You know, or I, I started looking at the aftermath too to see if sometimes there's clues in the aftermath as to what the special rules represent in the game. Yeah, um, I never thought of that, but yeah, that's true. That's probably true. Yeah, once we realized I could change a leader out and then turn up some hidden stuff in exchange that it made more sense that we could overlap our setup because suddenly that 
that changed everything. And we're like, oh, this is a very cool idea. So, so how many products have you worked on as editor? Like, will I see your name and uh, I think I've been at least like eight, isn't it? Or yeah, it's lots. Yeah, I, I think the first <clears throat> first product I recall proofing was this um, beyond. I think it was the second printing of Red Barricades. It's uh, way long ago, and from then I think uh, I was not involved so much with Starter Kit when it started, but pretty much all ASL products, more or less. Okay, yeah, so it's a regular, yeah. Yeah, mostly mostly proofing. And, uh, How did you get that gig? Uh, I don't recall actually how, maybe someone from MMP, they wanted volunteers back in, back then. So then, and then it just rolled on from there. So let's see when Red Barricades came out. I have my little product timeline excel sheet up here sure yeah that'd be cool yeah 2001 i think the red barricades second edition came and i was involved in chapter c in the second edition of rulebook proofing and incorporating q a and stuff there as well so it's probably lots of products <laughs> yeah that's a significant contribution so um, that's also one of the things that when, you, when you've done it a lot of times, you know, you know what to look for when you're proofing a scenario. Mm -hmm. I mean, this should look like this. This should look like that. So uh, that's all I say. It's, it's good that you said that about the setup in Sims Ridge. When I proof scenarios, I always try to do a mock setup in Vassal. You can see if there's something that looks odd. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Right. Because it's sometimes it happens that the submission is, you know, they have a placement of an overlay, but then they change that during playtest, but the submission text did not get updated. So it's the overlay is off map or something. So you catch stuff like that. Yeah, they're not lining up in the way it's uh, yeah described or listed. Well, it's I think oh. it's easily done. You know, you you have your first version one of the scenario and you play test it. You know, version eight, maybe you submit and lots of things have changed. You have not kept the text updated. So it's, I think it's easily done, but uh, so if you set it up, you might catch at least some of those stuff. Yeah, Dave, Tim and I are play testing a couple scenarios for broken ground design. Um, and yeah, that's been the main questions that I we send out is what what that actual victory condition is there a question on that is there a question on the way those special rules are worded that's i've sent like three or four questions that again seems obvious to them like when there's a building that's half in the zone and half out and then yeah. they listed control all these in the zone i'm like well half that building's not in the zone so just it's just the question someone might have which way does that count and so I think question. it's a very, yeah, it's a very valid question. So that's sort of exactly the sort of stuff I try to look for as well. Of course, sometimes yeah. you miss it, and then you you angry at yourself afterwards. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I suppose if you see errata come out on a on a scenario that you are involved in, it's <clears throat> probably doesn't feel that great. You wonder how that. Uh, yeah. Uh, yes, if it's something obvious, but. 
you know, if you're looking at 20 scenarios, your eyes start to roll, you don't see everything. I can imagine. I, I can believe that yeah. uh, a lot of people probably don't really think about the amount of detail that goes into like what you're talking about. They don't realize all of the detail that uh, has to be checked before a scenario is. But I think the, the most annoying errata is counter errata, of course. Mm. Mm -hmm. uh, especially on the the non-rec side. If it's on the rec side, I mean, it's, so that's the most, I mean, scenarios is annoying as well, but it's not as bad. Yeah, so you've also checked, so do you do mostly scenarios and counters? Yeah, I do pretty much everything. Okay, wow. And so how does the counter, what do you check on on the counters? Do you check it actually against the actual equipment used, the actual AFE? Uh, no, just the... Or just the rules? Yeah, that... well, I mean, if take, for instance, now the new Hollow Legions, those counter sheets, new ones, I check against the old counters. See, oh, every I see. armor factor and stuff is the same. Okay. That's a lot to check. Though yeah. is the white dot there? Yeah. Is that underlined? Yes. <laughs> that started. And after a while, I I imagine, yeah, it gets it's got to be like, did I already look at that one? <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's uh, it's tedious work, but uh, I have a sort of sort of built-in system how I work with it. So it's uh, and of course there are usually when it nears uh, completion for print. I think MMP has some. Uh, I don't know. Should I call them external proofers as well? So it's not like I'm the only person proofing. Oh yeah, that would be <laughs> a too, yeah, too much of a burden. Yeah. burden. Yeah. But I mean, we try to weed out the obvious stuff before it gets sent to 20 people. They don't sort of have to worry about spelling and stuff like that. And do yeah. you, uh, you're working on some stuff now, anything new that that you're not supposed to talk about that you yeah, want to give us, give us the secret scoop. Well, actually now it's uh, proofing for the new Hollow Legions, but that's not a secret. It's been. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And is that include the, um, uh, what was the name of the scenario pack with the Ethiopians? Is that being included? Yes. Can... Yeah, I think it so. That means I, I, the, I better. Yeah, the original version. I think Critical Hit made the version of it as well. Yeah. They, I think they changed some stuff. I think it's like the original. I don't recall uh, who that third party was called back then. Oh, so there was one before Critical Hit published it? Yeah. I did not even know that, I don't think. Yeah, it's probably on uh, Pit Cabbage uh, site. Yeah, yeah. Everything is there except except us. Yeah, but yeah. you know we're not bitter. We're not bitter about that. You should not be named. <laughs> not a bit. Yeah. I, Mark. So yeah, I think that will be that will be included, and uh, the desert stuff again. I think that's uh, the Italian OB. Mm. Yeah, I'm well, always all uh, well, the scenarios from West Alamein, and I'm I'm assuming some old out of print from journals that's usually included in the reprints. I'm that, surprised that's there's... the main product I'm working on at the moment. Yeah, well, it's going to be a big one too. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, I'm surprised there's not more clamor for the desert stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't played much myself either, but I'm, I'm guessing some players, I mean, I know some people, they don't, they don't play PTO either, but I think it's more that they don't, they don't 
So I think the rules overhead, it's, for them, it's not worth it. Maybe it's the same for the desert. I don't know. Yeah, it could be. And the desert rules, really, there's not as, it's not as intense as the Pacific. But then again, you can always limit your plane to, you know, avoid the landing craft or, or avoid certain things. But yeah, but I'm looking forward to getting that, getting that reissued for sure. Yeah, so hurry up. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it seems to actually worth some. Uh, I don't know if you have, uh, you guys buy the Action Pack 16 or uh, pack? Yes, I'm sure I did. I'm, yeah, we, I think you... yeah, I have two things down there, Jeff, we still haven't reviewed yet. I think it's called From the Land Down Under, it's all by Australian designers. Yes, the Aussie stuff, yeah. It's actually, yeah. I think there are actually two or three desert scenarios in that Action Pack. Okay, oh. that'll be good to go. Oh, yeah. actually, we don't have that yet, Jeff. That's really new, new. They're coming out with stuff so fast. Yeah, sometimes. And sometimes they operate in burst mode. You get two or three products at the same time. Yeah, it is kind of like that, yeah. Because there's, I think, Friendly Fire 2, that was pretty new, right? Yeah, I think the Best of Friends 2 and the Swedish Volunteers and uh, maybe the Roma pack, they all came about the same time. Yes, yeah, so, yeah, I got like all four. There's another one, too, the... Um... Maybe it's the winter offensive pack. Yeah, the bonus pack came yeah. about the same time as the action pack 16, I think. Yes, okay, yeah. So, yeah, we haven't um, even kept no, up on everything anymore. Yeah. Same here. <laughs> yeah, I see this action, yes. uh, This uh, 16. That, that looks good. A map and 15 scenarios. Oh, it's that big. Hmm. Yeah. We'll have to hit up Ritter Krieg. Our wonderful donor and advertiser. That's right. Um, have you Excellent. played the the uh, or have you had interest in playing the Korean stuff, Klaus? Uh, I haven't played any of them. I was a bit burnt out after proofing all those stuff, writing a lot of rules there. <laughs> so maybe I'll get to it some. It's. It's in my big stack somewhere. Okay. In the middle. <laughs> Going up to the ceiling. In the middle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have to sometimes I need something way down. So I have so they just kind of shift all the time. So uh, <laughs> right right now rising sun is actually at the top. And the Hutton is at the bottom. So maybe it's not they're not chronologically ordered. Okay. Well uh yeah, is there you wanna chat about before we Wrap it up. Um, well, unless you have any more questions, grudges? any grudges, any. <laughs> no, we don't do that. Any laundry you want to air? Oh, that's what makes all the news is that, you know, something inflammatory. <laughs> that's why we're not so famous. Yeah, that's probably. Um, I I did go to the desperation site. Soldiers of the Nagus published in '94 by ELR. Essentially, yes, Rick. Yeah. Rick Thomas, Jim Bertalter, and Dirk Hines is one of the earliest third-party scenario packs that featured the most exotic sort from the Italo-Ethiopian uh, Wars. Yeah, I, di I didn't realize that was there. I do have the um, Critical Hit Edition. It's one of the earliest yeah. third-party things I got. Yeah. Cool. Wow. Dirk, Look at that. Dirk Hines is actually one of the guys that me and Lars Turing shared a room at Oktoberfest in 98. Okay. Well, we want to thank you for your time and let you get back to the soccer game. And uh, yeah. 
we well, thank you for your efforts doing all that work so we don't have to go to check the errata all the time is the best gift you can give us. And, and Jeff especially appreciates not having insane um, victory conditions. Absolutely true. <laughs> Shorter the better. That's my motto for victory conditions. That's what I like. So, yeah, we appreciate that. And it's been great talking to you then. Yeah, yeah we, same here. Wish you All good right. health and good gaming, and uh, maybe we'll see you sometime at, uh, at ASLOC or something like that. Or the yeah. ASL Open Absolutely. or something. Or the ASL. Yeah. Who knows? Chicago. Yeah. So. Absolutely. All right. Take care, Klaus. Thank Thanks you very much. Yes. Okay. Have a good Bye. Bye. Dave, when you need to scratch your ASL itch, uh -huh. where do you where do you go? I have to go somewhere where there's fast service. Yes. Somewhere where the store clerks are very nice. Nice clerks. Yep. Somewhere where I'm going to get good ASL bang for my buck. Yep. And selection. And free shipping. X. So here's where I go. Where do you go, I'll, Jeff? I'll let you in on a little secret. Don't tell anybody. Ritter Creek. What is that again? Ritter Creek. Ritter Creek. RitterCreek.com. Well, that was great talking to Klaus. Yeah. Oh, who would have nice guy. thought? Yeah. All that goes into editing. I never considered that all the things that he goes through and other editors too in order to make those products fun to play and pretty much flawless i mean most of the time yeah most of the time it's true yeah, yeah. so um you know they're not just flipping pancakes they're they're getting in there and testing it all out yeah it was interesting nice yeah. guy we'll have to get over there yep. to Sweden. he didn't invite us but i'm sure we're invited yeah to stay at his house, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, well, well it's good thanks. to see you, Dave. Yeah, good to see you. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you, everybody. This is the Two Half Squads. We hope you'll be with us again next time for another exciting episode. But until then, roll low and rally well. But, but not uh, when you're playing right. us. No, or when you're playing class. Yeah, not when you're playing class. Please. That goes without saying. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye, everybody.